ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Friday, October 6th, and we are the Take for Take podcast. Gage, Trent, how we doing? What's up, fellas? How we doing? How we doing? Excited for another week of ball. Austin, Gage, how we doing? Happy to be here, man. Another, uh, another awesome week. Week 5 college, week 4 NFL, love it. Or no, week 6 college. Week 6, and man. Week 5 NFL. Yeah. All right. Fine, bye. We're a third of the way through already, bro. Or not even a third, almost a half. It's ridiculous. But uh, fun episode today, man. Really, really fun episode. Obviously, we got a bunch of uh, college ball to talk about. Some NFL. We'll run through each game. Um, we got Trent's first ever power rankings. Uh, weekly thing moving forward. Trent's going to give us his uh, power rankings in the NFL. Talk about that. Elaborate a little bit. We also got our first ever guest. First ever guest on Take for Take podcast, man. Over a year coming. Um, one of the boys. BHL all-time leading scorer, two-time league champ, one-time all-conference hitter at Mount St. Joseph, DH first baseman, once hit two grand slams in one game, Daniel Jones fader, Saquon Barkley lover, New York Giant guy, Tyrell Anderson. What's up, my man? Hey, fellas, what's up with it, man? I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. Big supporter of the show, man. I've seen you guys hit the listener milestone the other day. Congratulations on that, man. Uh, wishing nothing but the best. Excited for this show, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, could be a pretty frequent thing moving forward. Um, but, yeah, man, we're excited to have you on, talk some ball. And, uh, yeah, man, I say we get this thing growing. And But before we start, before we run through these games, at Tyra, I do want to get what thoughts, reactions, initial comments on the, uh, the whole Evan Neal calling out these the giants fan and i don't know if you saw i forget the guy's name the the yes report or yes network reporter who went absolutely berserk on him (laughs) yeah man yeah Uh, at this point with the giants it's kind of kind of just a whirlwind right now everything's going down we paid a franchise quarterback and he's really not what we thought he was uh everybody's trying to point the blame finger right now uh honestly i think evan just kind of blew up on the guy i really don't know what's Uh, I'm, I'm not too high on us right now. The only thing I'm really excited about is that there's a very deep draft class on the quarterback side, so we should be able to get one of those top four. But man, it were uh, uh, you know, no way. You're really you're ready to move on from Daniel Jones already? Look, y'all just paid him. This, his contract is front loaded. He's going to get paid this year, next year, after that. Somebody will need a nice quarter, or somebody will need a. 15-ranked quarterback, 20-ranked quarterback, go trading for a six-round pick. And we'll have Michael Penix or Drake May or somebody like that in there. So hey. That's crazy. <laughs> you might have Bo Nix. That's it crazy. Is, uh, essentially a two-year deal, right, Tyrell? So, like, you can get out yeah. of it. And um, I don't know, man. I know you're a listener of the show, so you, you probably know um, the Giants have been a hot-button topic uh, here where uh, Austin has been uh, – their biggest defender and uh, Gage and I not so much so I want to ask you as a Giants fan like do you have fun watching the Giants play football and you can be honest yeah. um, so honestly man from 2016 2016 was that last Odell year we went to the playoffs that was the boat year they took the playoff picture on the boat from 2017 until the beginning of last year, we had not had a winning record at any point of any season until we beat the Titans last year and went one and up. 
that last year we go to the playoffs, that was pretty fun, man. I'm not gonna lie. You know, brought back brought back some joyous memories of playoff football. Now we're right back to this. So <laughs> I you, really don't <laughs> I hate it, man. Be honest, bro. We appreciate you being on and like advocate listener to the show. Um I know you've heard us not us, but I know you've heard Austin um, refer to this team as interesting. Give me one Give me one or two words to describe the Giants team this year. Unimpressive. And hurt. We're hurt. Saquon Barkley is hurt, man. Let's not forget that, all right? I know I'm down on him right now, but Saquon comes <laughs> back this week. We beat the Dolphins, and then we go to Buffalo where Dayball's going home. And we're right back there. Is he on so. the is he on the hot seat? Is Dayball on the hot seat right now? I don't think so because he Go came down. in with Joe Shane. He came in with Shane and Daniel Jones isn't their quarterback, so I don't know. I, I, we've already talked too much about the Giants. That's crazy. You just paid the man $100 million, and he ain't the guy. But uh, well, we know we know where we know where Tyrell stands with him with him taking the the Giants over the Dolphins this week. So I'm interested to see the rest of his picks, what they look like later on in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get into the NFL, uh, the wrap things up. But there's a few college games we're going to touch on first, man. We're going to run through some of these. Um, obviously, we do our Pick'em Challenge each week. Um, might in, uh, include Tyrell in that this week, kind of moving forward, see what we do with some other guests. But each of us gets six picks. Obviously, they'll be officially tweeted out Saturday morning. Unless we have action Friday, Thursday or Friday night, we'll put those out. But a few of these games we want to run through. I want to start the first one in the last, the last, uh, what am I trying to fucking say right now? Texas, Oklahoma, the last matchup as Big 12 members. Obviously, next year moving to the SEC, Red River, Red River Showdown. Texas, Lance, right. say what? Try to say the Red River, Red River rivalry three times fast. I can't. I just took me like a minute and a half to introduce this game. I can't even fucking talk. Didn't even get to River. No, I didn't. Yeah. But uh, Texas laying six against Oklahoma, um, over under set at I believe sixty eight and a half is what I'm seeing. Gage, um, I know you've been kind of ri- not riding, but you've been high on Texas this year for most of the season. Um, Oklahoma has not seen a team like Texas. Um, Oklahoma's defense is solid, but again, they're off the, the, the offensive teams they play. I mean, they played UC, Iowa State, and a couple fillers in there. Is this game? Why is this line only less than a touchdown? I don't really understand that. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I this is a game where I'm going to hop away from the side and I'm going to take the over. Um, I think both of these. You mentioned Oklahoma's defense is, is good. While they are good, um, they both of these defenses really, really lack in avoiding big play, uh, big plays throughout the games against their opponents. Um, Texas defense gives them way too many explosive plays, and they also struggle to tackle. They're one of the worst tackling teams in the conference. Um, Gabriel has been playing as good as he ever has for Oklahoma and Texas is kind of firing on all cylinders right now. I think Steve Sarkeesian's got the offense running at a really, really efficient pace. Um, I mean, and we know the talent they have all over the field. Um, So I think this is going to be a shootout. And I really think if one team gets, gets out to a, a decent sized lead, 
it's this this total is going to fly over because they're going to have to just start slinging the ball all over the place. And like I mentioned, the explosive um, play stopping ability for these defenses just aren't there. So I expect this this total to fly over. Um, I can say like a forty five. 35 kind of game, Texas favor. I do think Texas wins this game, but um, I'm going to stay away from the side and I'll rock with the over. I, I like that gauge. It's not going to be a play of mine, but I was leaning over as well. Um, and what I hate about this this rivalry is the fact that they don't play like home and home, which I think I knew and then forgot. And then uh, I was actually at the UC Oklahoma game do an Oklahoma fan in in my section and he reminded me that they they play at the, the Cotton Bowl um so and he, he seemed like he liked it and, and enjoyed it but I, I just think that's kind of lame like you want to go to each campus and that's what make, makes college football great um but we're talking on a gambling perspective Gage I like the over as well definitely a strong lean for me Rel you got any action in that game uh, yeah, man. I think Oklahoma comes into that game motivated. Um, they they lost that game forty nine to nothing last year. Gabriel didn't suit up though. And if you take that game out of the equation, Oklahoma's covered this six and a half spread in nine straight meetings, like before last year. Um, I think they come in there ready to go. Number two scoring offense in the country at forty seven points a game, uh, averaging over five hundred yards a game. The defense is ten points a game. Like this, I mean. Uh, don't get me wrong, though. I do like the Texas team. That's why I think I'm not going to take Oklahoma to win the game. I'm just going to take the spread. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a close game. High scoring. I do like that over. Yeah, I uh, I butchered it earlier. Op- the lo- opening line was 68.5. The current line on Fanduel right now is 60.5. So, um, and the, the, the game line also has gone down. I was looking at it earlier today, actually, and it was 6.5. I'm looking at 5.5 right now on Fanduel. Um, this is going to be an official play for me. I am on Texas giving the or giving the five and a half. Um, I'm not going to play it until game time unless this game unless it, once it gets to six that I will play it up to six in favor of Texas. Um, I can see it with line movement going down. I don't see it getting below five, but I could see it possibly getting to minus five, which I will hammer Texas. Oklahoma just hasn't played a team defensively or offensively like this Texas team. I mean, Quinn or Xavier Worthy. Steve Sarkeesian, Gage, you touched on it about how everything's kind of clicking for this offense right now. Um, OU seventh in the country in terms of points per drive, but they just haven't seen a defense like Texas. I mean, Texas, they have got athletes all over the field. And I'm just not a big Dylan Gabriel guy. I mean, he's good, but, like, he doesn't really wow me at all. So in terms of matchup perspective, I do like Quinn Ears there, and I, I am going to lay the five and a half right now currently as we're recording five and a half but i will lay up to six and a half with texas there next game we want to talk about moving to the big 10 buckeyes obviously coming off by week big win at notre dame they i don't know if you guys can hear the geese going absolutely berserk outside my window right now but but yeah ohio state hosting maryland big 10 play kicks off the line is a huge line. I mean, right now, currently looking at 19.5 on FanDuel, over under set at 57.5. Um, I tend not to play Ohio State games because I enjoy watching them and rooting for Ohio State versus a bet. So I have no official play here. But, Gage, do you have a play in this game? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you when it comes to the Buckeyes. Um, 
while I say I never play them, I usually end up playing them under the table just because it gives me a little bit extra motivation to watch them, um, watch the whole game. Because, sorry, just because the, the, the second half of the Ohio State games are usually pretty boring, um, especially when they're playing big-time opponents outside of Michigan, obviously. But I'm going to stay away from a side. This isn't a play yet. It's just a lean. It's, it's going to be the over at, I'm seeing 57 right now. Is that what you see on FanDuel, Austin? Yeah, current odds on fan or current line on FanDuel is over 57.5 at minus 105. Yeah, I'm staying away from the side because, Trent, you mentioned a little earlier in our group chat, the number is just, it's too high. I think laying three touchdowns against a, a pretty solid Maryland team is it's just too many. But, I mean, their offense is, is unreal. They average almost 38 points a game and just north of 450 yards per game. I mean, but they've also have played an absolute dog shit of a schedule. Um, they scored 31 points or more in all five of their games while holding their point in holding their opponents to uh, 20 or less. But the combined record of the teams they played is 8-17, and 17, so not much to, to to base that off of. But I think this is a game where Ohio State hangs around in the first half like they, like they tend to do, um, and then they open up late and kind of blow them out the second half. But I think I think this stays within the number, but I think this, this goes well over 57. Um, I can see... I can see Ohio State putting up 35 points by themselves and um, Maryland hanging tight. So not a play yet. We'll do some more looking into it, but both these offenses are pretty scary. So, Yeah, Gage, I hate to agree with you again, but um, I kind of echo everything you said over here, and I like, uh, I like Maryland. If this was – I was thinking about this. If this was – coming off the Notre Dame game and, and Ohio State didn't have a bye week, I think this would be like a whale play on Maryland 20. Um, just after that emotional win against Notre Dame, it's tough to turn around and face a, a really good offense at home, a down spot. I think the bye was in a good spot for Ohio State where they're now, you know, pounding into their heads. You know, you don't, you don't want to overlook a team like Maryland who's talented. But you said it. I mean, Maryland can score points. I don't really care who they play. They, they can put up points. And um, I think Ohio State's going to put up a lot of points, too, just to match Maryland. And they'll, they'll eventually pull away. So I think um, really fun with it. You can do a same-game tease with Maryland, bringing them up to 26-27, and uh, just juicing that line down uh, just to make sure you get the over. But I like it. I like it where it is, too. So... Yeah, the over is all. Um, the over is eight and on the last eight matchups between these two teams, and it's eleven of the last fifteen games has gone over for Ohio State. So, expect a lot of points here. Um, hopefully, it's a fun game to watch. But hopefully, Ohio State runs away late. Yeah, I like the idea that Trent brought to the table to teasing it up to around twenty five, twenty six. I mean, you got a Maryland team that averages three takeaways a game. That's number one in the country. Um, they're plus, they have the number one turnover margin. Uh, number 10 scoring offense at 38 points a game with an experienced quarterback and two his little brother. Um, this is just an experienced team that I think should be motivated going to Ohio State because every time they go there, they get their ass kicked like bad. Like, yeah. Talking like 40, 50 plus. It's like bad. So um, I do like that plus 19 and a half, teasing it up to around 25, and the over shouldn't be a bad idea either way points that we know Ohio State can put up on the board. Yeah, this will be a good test for Ohio State's all or, <clears throat> excuse me, Ohio State's defense. Um, I do think Notre Dame's a little bit better offensively than Maryland. 
but um, Maryland can they can really throw the football. So, you know, we obviously seen how good Ohio State's offense or uh, defense has been so far this year. So it would be interesting to see um, that passing attack from Maryland, how Ohio State can hold up against that. But I don't think they have any issues there. I think Ohio State gets it done. Um, another game, LSU goes into Missouri. LSU, we talked about it on the recap show, giving up over 700 yards to Ole Miss, um, giving up two touchdowns within the last eight minutes of the football game to lose that game. Uh, this is another another official play for me. I am taking Missouri's team total over 29.5. Um, LSU has given up at least 30 points two games in a row, three out of their five games this year. Missouri has scored 30-plus in four of their five games this year. Um, and Brady Cook, quarterback for Missouri, I mean, he's good. I mean, he's 74, completing passes, a 74% clip, 11 touchdowns, no picks. He's got the seventh-best QBR at 187.7 in the country. And LSU just gives up a lot of fucking points, man. They're, the talk coming in was Jaden Daniels, but this defense, how good this defense was, but they've just been getting exposed all year. I mean, they're 121st in points per drive, and they're 120th in passing success rate. So they 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 can't stop the pass. They can't seem to stop anybody recently. Um, yeah, Missouri's got athletes too, dog. I mean, they got the number one in terms of yards, the number one receiver in the country, Luther Burden. Already got 644 yards, 43 catches. I think this I think this game goes over pretty easily, and I don't. I think Missouri scores 35 plus by themselves. Yeah, I'll, uh, sorry if I'm jumping the gun with any of you other guys. Cut me off if you need to. But um, I'm going to stick on the over trend, too, as well, Austin. Over, I mean, this number at 64.5, I'm seeing it just seems too low. Um, like you said, LSU absolutely opened up the floodgates last week and let Ole Miss run, throw, do anything they wanted all over them. Um, Last week against Ole Miss, they also missed 38 tackles, resulting in almost 300 extra yards um, on offense for them. But let me just read you guys a couple things about LSU's defense and how outrageously bad they are. Um, They rank outside of the top 105 in the following stats. Um, Havoc rate, success rate, defensive efficiency, ISO PPP, explosive play rate, run success rate, pass success rate, and passing explosion rate. I can literally keep going. This list goes on and on about how bad this defense is for on paper. It shouldn't be that bad. Um, you mentioned Luther Burden, um, Austin for Missouri, absolute dog. Um, probably gonna be a first round pick, five star pick. I'm out of high school. He might he might explode this game for 200 yards and two touchdowns. But on the other hand, LSU has the second rest or third best ranked offense in the country. So there's. There's no doubt that they're going to get theirs. They're going to put up points. Um, Missouri doesn't have specifically a good defense. They top 20 against the rush, but um, we know how Jaden Daniel is and, and LSU's offense is kind of like a hair rate type type offense. So I hate picking the over for all these games, but this is this is my most confident play of the week at 64 and a half. Um, I also like Missouri to to win this game. I think LSU's on upset watch yet again, and. Um, yeah, it'll be fun, but I, I, I love watching these these games when these offenses just explode. Yeah, I don't have anything on this game. I just think it's funny how LSU's still ranked. And I'll just leave it at that. But um, yeah, nothing nothing on this game. I'll enjoy it. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, a lot of points. The SEC bias is crazy. Dude. Yeah, it really is, man. Like 
don't want to get into it now because I'll go. I'll, I would. I would take twenty minutes up, but it's fine. Just we'll pass it. Along. Buddy's rattled right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Not to beat the horn. Not to beat the. Not to beat the drum to death, man. But yeah, I think the over. Uh, I was leaning towards the over. Got Brady Cook with the eleven touchdown and no interception ratio. Um, then, like you guys said, man, this LSU defense is crazy. They have NFL guys all over the place, and it's like they just can't come together. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, a scheme thing, what what they're doing out there, but I'm not putting any money behind them until they stop somebody. So, yeah, just like you guys said, the over. Uh, Missouri, Missouri's a good dog player, man. Should be good at home early in the day. That should, that should be a good one. So. Yeah, I, I kind of like them. I like them getting the points, and I, I do kind of like them on the money line two gauge. They were one of the dogs I was looking at, but I mean, yeah, I mean LSU's going to get theirs. I'm not going to keep harping on on the point that a lot of points are going to be scored. But I mean, they got athletes all over the offense. Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, one of the better one-two punches in terms of receivers that you'll find in the country. I mean, over a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns combined between those two. So it's kind of weird, though. I mean, usually. Usually when you think of LSU, yeah, you think of solid offenses, but it's like really nasty and really good defenses. And it's it's just not that's just not their calling card this year. So it's kinda weird to me, but So stick in the SEC. Next game, Trent, I know you're gonna love this one. Bama going to A and M. Um, Bama is currently laying two and a half, I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, but I'm looking at one point. Yeah. A and M is minus one and a half right now. Minus one twenty on the money line. Um, one and a half. Minus Bama's minus one and a half. Yeah. Is, yeah, you're right. I'll let you take it, man. I can just tell you itching to get at this, but yeah, Bama <laughs> minus one and a half over forty six and a half. Um, I'm leaning Bama in this game. I don't have a play yet. I'm. I do like Bama minus one and a half. But Trent, I know you're gonna be all over A and M. So feel free to tell us why the Aggies will win this football game. I do think it's a good spot for A and M here. Um, and that, that crowd's going to be crazy. Um, I just haven't been impressed with Alabama this year. They stink. I, I think they're – I mean, they're, they're, I, you know, Jalen Milrow has been playing better the last couple weeks, um, and that defense is playing better. I, I don't know, man. Like, I just – I it's weird because I don't trust A&M to take care of business at home. But – now, Max Johnson is capable at quarterback there. I think he steps in and, um, you know, he could be serviceable. And I, 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 have a, I have a pretty good inkling this is going to come down to a field goal game. I wish the line was – this opened at three, I believe. I saw three and, a half. three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. So anybody that gobbled that up at three and a half. With one, I could just see – I could see Jimbo – you know, blowing this game three different ways. Like I, I like the the comfort zone of the field goal. Gun to my head, I do think A and M pulls this out just because I'm on the road against a competent defense. Um, I just don't trust their quarterback and their offensive scheme. But I don't know, man. I, I'll probably stay off this. I think you can get away with teasing. Uh, I'm gonna keep going back to the teasers, but you can probably get away with teasing. Uh, a and M up a touchdown because I think this game is a nail biter. Yeah, it's kind of it's crazy because you look at some of the numbers uh, defensively for Bama. I mean, and some of these you're not used to seeing, right? Seventeenth in total scoring defense, twenty versus the pass, thirty-eight versus the rush. 
I mean, they're usually top five, top ten defense nationally year in and year out. And you're right. I'm not on the Jalen Milrow train either. Um, I just think Saban has a habit of winning games that probably he shouldn't win. I don't, I don't even know that's a habit, right? You can't even say that for an Alabama team. But it's just something tells me that Bama's going to win this game and to not bet Texas A&M. I don't, I don't know what it is, but. Pretty yeah. much decides the, uh, this game pretty much decides the SEC West. Right. Because they'll have the tiebreaker, obviously. A&M's one loss is uh, to – both both their A&M and Alabama's losses are conference. So, um, you know, the winner of this game, it's going to be tough to imagine anyone else passing them west, especially with LSU just losing. So it's a huge game, and I think the entertaining aspect of this is the loser and just the fan base and and absolute, um, you know, shambles their fan base is going to be. Alabama and, and the dynasty is officially over. Wait, how much money are we paying Jimbo Fisher? And he's got two losses in October again. So um, I'm looking forward to the reaction of the loser in this game, too. It's going to be uh, fun to watch. Yeah, just real quick. I don't have a play in this game, but I would lean um, I would lean the Aggies as well, Trent. I think this is going to be a battle of um, Alabama's offensive line versus Aggies front seven defensively. Um, Texas A&M is unreal against the run. We're ranked 20th against the run. Um, and I think it's going to be Alabama early trying to establish the run. Um, but that kind of falls right in the line with what A&M and what their defensive strength is, stopping the run. Um, they're holding opponents to less than three yards per rush. But I also would lean the under for that statistic within itself. Um, I think they're going to keep – I think they're literally just going to try to pound the run all day long just because Melrose isn't the best – passer in the country i think we can all agree on that um he's more of a dual threat kind of guy and alabama's offensive line um is terrible and they have one senior up front the rest are really unexperienced guys they rank 122nd in sacks allowed and um 15 sack rate which is second worst in the country so if alabama gets down in this game and are forced to throw the ball um watch out because that is not going to lead to great success for for the for the tide. So, no play yet, but I'll lean Aggies, especially at home with the twelfth man. So, I like your pick, Trent. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Trent right here. Um, I think the Aggies get it done at home. Um, I don't know what Nick Saban is really kind of doing with the whole transfer transfer portal and they haven't like really caught up to the times i know him and belichick are really close friends i've seen some like trends on the offense with them guys they're passing the ball 21 times a game that's the 126 most in the country um they're running the ball 41 times a game i mean it feels like a 1990s type of offense and we got milro who i've never been convinced that he's a viable quarterback to lead a playoff team and now you got him leading this defense that's doing what they always do. I mean, it's a Bama defense. They're top 15 in almost everything. Um, but if you can't score nowadays in 2023, you're just not going to get the job done. I don't know why they didn't go and get a, a Hardman or a Leary from UK or somebody to like try to go get somebody because I seen it last year. Milrow wasn't the guy. So yes. I don't know, man. I'm taking the Aggies in this one too. So They should have grabbed yeah. Gage's, uh, Gage's butt, uh, the hefty lefty, Brennan Armstrong. 
Yeah, it would be a fun game to watch. Um, we have another SEC game, but really quick before we d- get into that one, um, Washington State, UCLA. Uh, Pac-12 network kind of in the middle of the day, uh, 3.30 play. Um, this is going to be a better game than what a lot of people – than what I think a lot of people may assume it's going to be. Um, this is my third official play. I am riding my wagon. I'm taking Washington State. I got them at plus three and a half. In the Rose Bowl first UCLA, um, kind of I think this is a good spot for them. I mean, you they're both coming off a bye week. Um, UCLA is their defense is really 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 potent, but um, they they haven't played really an offense kind of like Washington State's right. I mean, Coastal Carolina, SD, uh, San Diego State, Utah, and um, North Carolina Central. So nothing really amazing in terms of offense that they've seen. And UCLA can't defend the pass. I mean, they can, but like versus their, they've got a top 15 rush defense, but then they're in the 50s against the pass. And Cam Ward, I mean, we talk about him every week. Like he's, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I mean, almost 1,400 yards, 13 to 13 to zero in terms of touchdown interceptions ratio, and he's eighth among quarterbacks uh, with an 187.1 QBR. Washington State's good, man. For some reason, I still feel like they're getting disrespected. Um, UCLA is one in four ATS in their last five Pac-12 games, and one in six ATS in their last seven home games versus Washington State. Um, I think this is a good spot. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think this Washington State offense isn't really able to move the ball like they're used to, but I do like them catching a field goal and a half here. Um, I do like them to win this game, but I, I'm going to stick with three and a half. And let's move. Austin, you said it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I have a. I have an official play here Ooh, baby. Um, as well, and you kind of said it for me here. I'm on the under at 60 and a half. Um, this is really Washington State's first true road game. They played Colorado State week one, a whoop de do. I mean, it's not like you know UCLA's got a rabid home crowd and stuff, but I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for Cam Ward to move the ball. I mean, you mentioned UCLA's defense. They're giving up the lowest yards per play in the country. Um, you mentioned it's it's really probably the strongest against the run, uh, but they're still they're still serviceable against the pass as well. I muddy this game up um, and and make it a, a slower paced game. Shut that, slow down Washington State's high high uh, powered offense. I don't know if they win the game, but I, I do I do like this 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 total falling under the sixteen and a half. So it's going to be an official play for me. Give me uh, UCLA, Washington State, under 60 and a half points. Let's move back to the SEC. Um, one of the scarier lines, in my opinion, of the week, NFL and college. Um, UK, 5-0 and going into Athens, Georgia. Uh, number one team in the country, obviously. Georgia laying 14 and a half. This game screams 
screams that the books want you to take UK. But I can very well see Georgia winning a game 27 to 7, you know, a 24 to 7 kind of game. Like I don't I, I like this under a lot, but I do I do see Georgia winning this game pretty handedly actually. You may uh, yeah, I, I can go. Um Again, I'm going to stick with a with a total here, and I'm going to roll with the under. Um, I'm going to kind of sway away from the over for a little bit, and I'm going to take the under at. I'm seeing it. Forty-seven, 47 and a half. half. Yeah, I am. I'm laying that. Yeah, it seems a little low, but these teams are going to try to do what they're what they do best, and it's, it's run the ball. Um, we see we saw the performance from Davis last week. UK ran for about 230 yards against a, a pretty stout up front seven, and then. Georgia or in Florida, sorry, um, and I expect them to try to pound the run game even more against against Georgia, even though they rank really high against the run. The only thing that scares me is Kentucky hasn't won against Georgia in fourteen years. Um, last time they won in Athens was in two thousand and nine. So I don't I don't think this is a blowout. I think Kentucky hangs around. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very, very limited possession game for both of these teams. Um, I can see Georgia having the ball and letting the play clock run down to, to two or one every single time before they snap the ball um, just to try to limit the opportunity that Georgia has. Um, but I expect a, I expect a, a low-scoring game. Kentucky ranks outside the top 100 in, in tempo this year or so. It's scary, yes, it's low for anything. You see 40 anything in college football, you think it's very low. But I think I think this is like a 21-17 kind of game in, in Georgia's flavor. Um, but I love Kentucky and Georgia to go under the total. Trent, Kentucky's uh, point total is 16.5. You're going you gonna to take the under again? I told you. We talked about it last week. I, I've moved to 0-9 in uh, team totals this year. Oh. <laughs> Whatever team total I say, I suggest everybody that's listening just to, to fade and play the other side. Um, yeah, I, I can't touch this game, man. After watching Georgia last week, um, you know, not very impressive. And like you said, it scares me that Vegas is kind of begging you to, to jump on Kentucky. Um, cause I could see them easily scoring three points in this game. So I, uh, I won't be playing a dime on this game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Trent. Man, I won't be touching this game. It'll be just kind of that game on in the background. Uh, the YouTube TV got about four games on. I'm really liking that, man. Yep, throw on. This while I'm watching the games I got on, you know. Throw uh, but, yeah, like I said, UK and Georgia. UK and Georgia, man, should be a good game. Leary coming over, being a transfer. Uh, nice, experienced quarterback. But we know what Georgia does, so it'll be a game to watch, man. Um, before we get into these last three games, I want to give my my last college play, at least for now, my uh, my fourth play. Um, talking about Devin Leary, Brennan Armstrong, NC State quarterbacks. I am going to do I'm take going to do something I normally don't do, which is bet against NC State at home. Um, I'm going to take Marshall plus six and a half, and just pray that the NC State at home doesn't do what they normally do. Um, they did bench uh, Brendan Armstrong. We talked about that. MJ Morris now a starter there. Um, Marshall's, they're 4-0, man. They've looked solid this year. The defense is pretty good. Top 25 in scoring D and fifth against the pass. They also average four and a half sacks a game, which is second in the country. 
and um, NC State hasn't covered all year. I mean, they're 0-4-1 ATS this year, and they're 0-3 ATS at home. So I think Marshall, I think NC State is honestly on upset watch. Uh, I don't think I'm going to lay the money line with Marshall. Just it's out of my principle. I mean, Gage, you know this well as anybody. It's, it's, we, I usually, we usually don't bet against NC State at home, but I am Saturday. I just, I, I, this NC State team is in shambles. Um, I think Rasheen Ali, the running back for Marshall, um, he's got nine touchdowns this year, which tied for the most in the country with uh, Blake Corum. But they got it. They got it. I don't know, man. I just it's it's really it's really a fate of NC State, honestly. Yeah, but the only thing that scares me there is that they have their they have their backup in. So we've seen this very very piss poor North Carolina State team with Armstrong as the quarterback. So who knows what Concepcion, Kevin Concepcion, his name. Um, no, that, that's not his name. What the hell? MJ, Mor- <laughs> MJ Morris is the starter, bro. Sorry, Kevin Concepcion pass on the year. I'm looking at passing stats. He's <laughs> the only one. But um, it is smart to fade North Carolina State, but who the, who knows what they're going to look like now, now that they finally have the, the infection off their team. Um, hopefully he has some fun watching from the sideline because – he sucks, dude. He fucking Bro, sucks. Bro, you despise Brennan Armstrong. It's so funny. But the thing, the thing with him is like he was, like getting NFL draft buzz like a couple years ago. Yeah. And at Virginia, like people loved, loved the game, and um, yeah, I mean you just watch an, an NC State game now, you don't even recognize, recognize the quarterback you saw back then. So he's, the deal is, but. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bet and pray kind of game for me. But um, we got three more games we're going to touch over real quick, kind of speed through these. Um, the 7.30 ABC game, Notre Dame going to Louisville, another ACC opponent, um, obviously needing a touchdown late by uh, Audrey Gustame last week to get the win over Duke. But they are laying 6.5 on the road at Louisville. This Louisville team is 5-0 and this year, ranked 25th in the country. I have nothing on this game, but Rel, I know you got something on this game. What are you looking at here? Yeah, man. Um, I still, I'm still very high up on Notre Dame. Um, I was on them against the Buckeyes. Came down to that last play where they didn't even have 11 guys on the field. I don't even know how that happened. Uh, just feel the heartbreak. You watch like 10 guys try to tackle a guy going up the middle. But every other game this year, man, they came out to play, and I'm not too high on Louisville. They were number one. They had, had the number one ranked transfer portal class this year with the head coach coming in, but um. I think Notre Dame stays in that top 10 contention. They come out there ready to go. Uh, Sam Hartman, ETN, I think they got two top five, if not top five, top 10 Heisman contenders. And Hartman might have went down in some people's eyes. But I think a big game here puts them right back in that spotlight, 730 on ABC. So um, I'm rolling with the Fighting Irish, keeping the playoff hopes alive. Yeah. yeah I mean, a, couple, a couple of nuggets on this. The fact that Notre Dame um, is playing four straight primetime 7.30 games, starting with Ohio State, obviously the Dukies last week, um, Louisville this week, and then they, they go home to, to take on uh, Caleb Williams and USC. So what a stretch. Um, and that's, like the that's a good way to, uh, to display it. Um, and then, I mean, Louisville on the Louisville side of things, like with you, Tyrell, I don't, I don't really see anything with them this year. 
Um, but this is probably the biggest game they've had their program since um, what Teddy Bridgewater years, I think. I mean, I'm game against a top ten team. I'm yeah. sure that place is going to be rocking. So, um, is it is like I said. I mean, the fact that Notre Dame just came off a, a primetime game at Duke, which I'm sure was pretty crazy as well. Um, they might be sit, they might be ready for it, but it's going to be a crazy environment. But I, I would lean Notre Dame uh, as well here, at least to win the ball game. Yeah, this is another official play of mine, and I'm I'm hopping on the the Irish train as well, bro. Um, Louisville, yeah, they're five and zero, but they haven't played anybody. Um, I mean, we just mentioned that they beat North Carolina State, but we know how bad they are. They barely squeaked by a very underwhelming Georgia Tech team to open up the year. Murray State beat a very bad Indiana team, and then they they handled Boston College pretty well. But I'm not high on Jack Plummer. Um, I know a lot of people are. Um, I mean, outside that BC game, he has more interceptions than he does touchdown passes. He hasn't been performing to the expectation that I think a lot of people have for him. Um, and I think Notre Dame is, yeah, I think I think they're they're clicking after last week. I think they have a lot of momentum after that huge win in Duke. We know how I feel about that. Um, and I, I think Sam Hartman has a field day against this Louisville defense. They have a really really explosive offense, but defensively they're they're not the best. They rank 134 against the pass. And that falls right in the line with what what Notre Dame's going to do. Um, like we don't know, we know they don't have a lot of like offensive explosiveness on the on the outside. We know Etn or whatever his name is, he's going to get his. But I think I think Hartman throws for three hundred plus and four touchdowns against this very very subpar Louisville team. Yeah, Audric Audric Estime is the guy you're thinking of. But Jeff Brown, man, it may have, may have them boys ready to go. But uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Four o'clock slate, this Big 12 matchup. Um, UCF going into Kansas, I believe. Yep, Kansas is laying four and a half right now. Um, or I'm sorry, it's two right now. Uh, John Reese Plumley for UCF is expected to play. Um, Jesus, down to one and a half now. I'm all over the place. I see Kansas getting two. They, I'm looking right now on FanDuel as of 6.30 Thursday night. Kansas is getting getting one and a half, which wow. is insane because when I looked at this a few hours ago, they were giving two. So Central Florida minus one and a half right now on the road. Um, obviously, I think Jaden Daniels is still expected not to play. But, uh, I, I mean, uh, I, that's 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 what I've seen. I've seen he's not going to play, but. That's got to be the only reason why they're underdogs at home. It has to be right. That that the yeah. line makes sense if he's not going to play. Yeah, Rel, is that uh, is that sway the pick that you already had? Yeah, that, that's a that's a deal breaker. I was looking last night about it. Saying he was uh, I didn't see anything saying he was going to play. Saying uh, I don't know if he was like a shutdown or what. The coach was talking about it a little bit. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't even think it's injury related. Honestly, I don't know what it is. But um, yeah, I, if he doesn't play, then I'm off to the game. Probably high scoring. Just watch it. Yeah, it's, he's uh, he's got back issues, right? It wasn't a back tightness before the game last week against Texas. Or I mean, he hurt it uh, beginning of the year, but then re-aggravated it last week against Texas. But yeah, Jason uh, Bean. Jason insane. Bean right now is expected to um, start for them on Saturday night. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, last matchup to talk about before we get into the uh, the NFL slate: Colorado. Fighting prime times, going to Arizona State, who a little bit under the radar, honestly. But um, low late night Saturday action, Colorado, I believe, is laying 
two and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Three and a half. Lost my place. Yeah, Colorado Lang, three and a half on the road. I have absolutely nothing here. I will root for Dion and Shador Sanders and the guys, but I have no play on this game. I think this is right in line with them to get right back on track. It's a road game. But I think I think they're going to have some supporters in the crowd, all right? They're, they're kind of pushing towards one of America's teams under all over the social media. And I'm pretty sure Dion's going to make this game personal some way or another. No. <laughs> um, they put up 34 points a game. We see Shador throwing it all over the place. And this Arizona State team, I mean, coming in, they're putting up 16 points a game. One and four. Um, just they really they're not showing me anything. So I think Dion's going to really make this make this an emphasis game to get back on track um, before they hit another rough slate um, before the UCLA games, the Washingtons, the Utahs, all those types of games coming up. Uh, they got to get they got to get them one right here. So I like Colorado covering. Uh, even if you want to move that spread a little bit, I like them all the way up to six, seven. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they doing by double digits. So I like Colorado here. It's personal. Personal. But, yeah, man, college slate. You guys got anything else before we move on? There's a lot of good football. No. There's a lot of good football Saturday. Yeah. yeah, we'll have our official plays out, like always, on Saturday morning. Yeah, we'll put the plays out Saturday morning. We'll do a, a nice little take-for-take take parlay. We'll put that out, out Put that out Saturday morning as well. But um, let's transition here. Right. Let's transition here to the NFL. Um, we're about an hour and a half away from kickoff on the Thursday night slate or Thursday night game. Um, before we run through the slate, though, Trent, uh, something that you've been wanting to do for a little bit here, but uh, let's run through your top five power rankings right now, one through five. I feel I figured we'd make it like a little weekly gimmick. Uh, I'll give you my top five teams. You guys can react. Tell me I'm dumb. Uh, agree with me. Tell me I'm brilliant. Whatever you guys want to do. I'm going to start at five or one. Whatever. This is yours, brother. This is yours. All you. Start with the, uh, you're on the start with the the 49ers. Where you got them at? They're not at one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you got the Bengals or the Browns. My bad. I'll start at one here, and I got uh, I got the Buffalo Bills at one here. I told you guys all to relax, with Josh Allen, week one. Back to his MVP self. Um, mentioned it on last episode, but I'm really impressed with that defensive line. And uh, if you guys saw the news today, Von Miller in the trip out to out to London will be on the field Jacksonville Sunday morning. Uh, just another huge addition, but a defensive line that's already playing like one of the best units in football. So Von, with the way that offense is playing with Josh Allen, the 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 real this, uh, differentiator between my number one team Buffalo. Two team San Francisco gauge quarterback. Um, I still I still can't get there with Brock Purdy in terms of the elites of the elite. Um, so that's why that's the case. Just because he's making under dollars a year doesn't mean he's not elite. Why Why don't we wait uh, for the comments until I'm I'm done with my top five gauge and then you can go through. <laughs> okay, Shannon Sharp. Uh, number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, pretty self-explanatory. Patrick Mahomes, that defense is, is playing really lights out. Their, their offense um, has a, a few kinks to work out, but still early in the year, I trust Andy Reid. 
Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to be a mainstay in this top five. At the Dolphins at four, um, coming off a loss to Buffalo, I just think that offense um, is is too good of a unit to keep them out of the top five, even though they have questions on defense. Um, we'll see when Jalen Ramsey comes back, which will be a big upgrade. Because um, I don't like the way Xavier Howard's playing as well. I think he's cooked. And uh, number five, it was tough to to find a fifth team, but I went with the Eagles, team that isn't really playing. Um, up to their standard, I would say, in terms of the talent on their roster. Um, but they are 4-0. I did, I did give them out to be the last undefeated team uh, in the NFL at plus 850 before the year. Um, and they are 4-0, so between them and the Niners, obviously the last two undefeated teams. But that's my top five, Buffalo, San Francisco, Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia. Only discrepancy I have is that Saints aren't on there, and I don't really understand why, but... Number six. All right, fair enough. We're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, let's run through the slate, man. Let's start with those uh, number one Buffalo Bills, Trent. Sunday morning, the London, the London Jaguars and the Bills. Bills laying five and a half, over under set at 48 and a half. I have nothing on this game right now. I don't know. I I'll go and uh, really quick. I, I kind of I lean Jacksonville, actually game um they cover the five and a half i don't know if it'll be a play of mine but um you know they they've been out there obviously for a second a second consecutive week they're a little more out acclimated uh london out there and the, and the time difference that uh, they're accustomed to playing out there anyway always tough to get out and fly east um even if you're on the east coast like buffalo is so um, five and a half is a lot of points i think this the Jags keep it close, even with Von Miller coming back, but I do think Buffalo wins the game. Yeah, I'm still not that high on the Bills, man. You know, you got number one in the power rankings. But I think the Jags being out in London for two weeks in a row, like I've never heard of that to where they're comfortable out there two weeks in a row, and then the Bills just come out and like the week of, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that's a big advantage. Like the London's team, the support may be there. Uh, I love the Jags, plus five and a half. I think I seen it at last night. Um, I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm all the way down to four and a half. Um, yeah, I love the Jags offense. Yeah, yeah it's never it's never happened before, bro. No team has been out there two weeks straight. Um, maybe, maybe I was gonna ask you guys if you think that plays into their advantage, um, being out there a little bit longer. I think it does, but I don't think it play. I don't think it. It's going to affect the game so much. Yeah, they're going to know the area, and they're going to feel more comfortable with the time switching and all that. But, um, I mean, I'm not sure why you like the offense. It hasn't been anything extraordinary. Um, they have solid players all over the field. But, um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is averaging six yards of pass attempt, and Travis Etienne is averaging 3.8 yards per carry. So it's nothing like going to blow any team out of the water. Um, but I think this is a good spot for the for Jacksonville, especially with Buffalo coming off such a high emotional win last week against Miami. Um, I don't think they're gonna have any problems slowing down Jacksonville, but I can see this game being within within five and a half points for sure. Putting Buffalo number one in your power rankings and then instantly fading them is wild. <laughs> they're hey, they're season long power rankings. <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's not a week to week. Okay, day. okay. I'm just saying and I'm just saying you gas them up just about- to Should we talk about 
are we are we on the lunder here? It hit last week. It did hit last week. Um, seeing forty eight and a half. That's a lot of points, but I don't. I tend not to to bet the unders and Bills games. If I'm being completely honest with you, if I like the under, or I'm sorry, if I don't like the over, I kind of just don't play it. Next game on the slate, Houston Texans going to Atlanta. Falcons laying one and a half over under set at 41 and a half. I have my fifth official play on this game. I am I got this game earlier in the week at a better number, but I got Texans at plus three. Um, I think they win this game outright. Um, both of these teams are kind of trending in opposite directions. Houston going up, uh, Atlanta going down. Defensively, Atlanta looks pretty solid, but offensively, man, they just... It ain't it. I mean, Desmond Ritter is not the answer down there. It's just a matter of time until they switch to Taylor Heineke. And we talk every week, guys. I mean, how much, how good C.J. Stroud is. I mean, arguably the best four games from a rookie quarterback in NFL history. It's just, I don't think they're going to be able to stop him. Um, I do like, I mean, his yards, I think I saw four, 248 and a half or something like that. I know Atlanta's good against the pass, but I just, I like, I like the Texans here, plus three. I think they win this game outright. The current line is one and a half. I don't know if I said that or not, but I got it at three. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. I, I mean, I think the Texans at this point are, are a better football team. I guess you just have to worry about the matchup here because the Atlanta is good against the pass, and um, the Texans do struggle against the run. They're bottom five on this year. Um, so it's kind of playing into the Falcons' strengths. I mean... The quarterback matchup is obviously heavily swinging towards towards Houston here. The way C.J. Stroud has played, uh, we talked about it last show. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy and killing it. So, um, I would I would stay off anything. I I kind of like the over at forty one and a half here. I do see some points in this game, but um, yeah, the the, ma- the matchup kind of scares me off the side of Houston. Nothing, Gage. Cool. Uh, next game on slate, I want to talk about Rel. Your Giants going to Miami. Uh, the biggest line of the weekend. And let me confirm. Yes, it is. Um, Miami laying 11.5 at home over under set at 47.5. I think Miami wins this game by two touchdowns, but I have no play on this game. Rel, are you fading or are you following your boy Daniel Jones? I hate that my first appearance on this show has to be me fading my boys. But <laughs> I will fade them probably all the way up to 21-ish, 24 range, somewhere around there. And I know it sounds crazy, but honestly, guys, if Saquon doesn't play, we won't score. If And we're going to get cooked because we have two rookie corners. The defense is all over the place. The O-line, 11 sacks. And I think, I mean, the Dolphins... The Dolphins is up there with the Seahawks on the defensive side, I think. I mean, the Seahawks are missing a lot of guys. Jamal Adams got hurt, and we still got terrorized. So, yeah, don't take the Giants this week. Don't don't take our props. Don't take anything, all right? Nothing. It just automatic that's, fade. Now that's the one thing I've learned about that Giants team is the props, whatever you take, it could be the bare minimum for the best player on that team, and it's not going to come anywhere close to hitting mm-hmm. No, it doesn't make any sense, man. Parlay <laughs> that loss because Darren Waller had him twenty five plus. Yeah, and you think he'd get that on a couple catches? If he was targeted maybe like two times the whole fucking game. <laughs> yep, yep. 
I don't get what they're doing out there, man. It's disappointing. <laughs> At least you're honest about how bad your team is, like other people, unlike other people. Yeah, we'll we'll get to those people here shortly. But uh, AFC North matchup: uh, Baltimore going into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, Baltimore laying four and a half on the road. Over under set at 38. Um, I have no play on this game. Trent, our official AFC North guy, what do you have here? Uh, I kind of have a rule of thumb with with Raven Steelers games, and it's like every game is like 13 to nine in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you, you can probably look that up, but I swear to God, every time I turn on the Raven Steelers game. It's the same damn score every fucking time. So um, I know that 38's low, but I just like the under here. I mean, we saw what the Steelers did trying to move the ball. Canada, um, I don't know if you guys saw the the drama this week, but it looks like he's got a burner on uh, Twitter. I did see that. Um, what is, what is Steelers' email linked to it? <laughs> uh, yeah, he used the, his official for email. Uh, Matt.Canada PittsburghSealers.com or something which is just just <laughs> it's comedy insane. but um, yeah I mean he, he doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the shed it's not translating on the field as well I mean they, they scored six points against Houston but there's a lot of holes on that defense still um, they are coming home could be a boost but I mean if you're a Steelers fan how enthusiastic can you be about the product on the field right now so only reason this I'm not taking the Ravens is because, like I said, they, these this these scores and these games tend to be the same every time. It's going to be a close game in the teens, so I think 38. Don't don't let that number scare you and, and take the under here. Yeah, to your point, Trent. Uh, the last five matchups, none of them have been decided by more than five points. I mean, you got three, or these are the scores of the last five games. Or last five matchups, 16-13, 16-14, 16-13, So I think the under is pretty safe here, and I, I agree. I, I don't like a side in either in, on, or uh, I don't like a side either way here. Yeah, I'm going to be on the under, too, as another official play of mine. Um, like you said, Austin, last five matchups, the four hasn't gone over 40 at all. And... I'm not going to be rooting for an over, especially if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be quarterbacking for the Steelers this week. I know Kenny Pickett's still questionable. Um, he's attempting to practice this week, according to reports, but I'm not sure if he's going to if he's going to give it a go this Sunday. Um, so having an over in a in a game where Mitchell Trubisky is leading a team doesn't really sound like the best idea. But if you are on that side, good luck. Um, but I think I think 38 and a half is is pretty safe and maybe a lean on Baltimore. Maybe just wait out a little bit to see what the quarterback situation looks like in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to be on Baltimore in this one, man. When I when I see games like this, like you guys said, the under uh, two great defenses, man, I tend to look at the offensive side of the ball and the quarterback play. Lamar Jackson, for me, has always been a top five quarterback since that MVP season, so I'm always high on him. And as you can, I mean, Kenny Pickett, Trubisky, I don't really don't care who's on the Steelers side. Canada's still in the plate. He's still up top. Steelers' offense is bad, man. They're bad. So I'm going to lay lay the four with the Ravens, and I'm going to take Lamar Jackson to lead me to lead me on. I like that, man. That's my MVP. Picked him before the season. Um, final one o'clock game. My Saints going up to New England. 
laying one on the road, pretty much a pick them right now, um, over on their set at 39.5. I'm going to be smart, and I am not going to play this game. Um, both of these offenses are just horrendous to watch right now, which is insane, considering on paper Saints have one of the better rosters offensively in football. Um, it's painful. First four weeks have been very, very, very hard to watch. And Patriots aren't much better. They can't score. Mac Jones is not the answer. Um, this is a disgusting football game, if I'm being completely honest with you. This has every bit of, you know, 17 to 14 written all over it. You know, I'm glad. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead, I don't have any lean or anything on this game, but I'm glad that you're finally coming to senses with this Saints team, Austin. I was really, I was really um, tempted to jump in there and say, everyone pop podcast and turn to whoever they're sitting next to and take a guess at who he's going to pick in this game. So I'm glad that you're not on the Saints. Showing maturity. Yeah, the, the bias is finally starting to wear off, and I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. It is taking every ounce of me. Like, if it was like every – or if it was any other team, honestly, other than the Patriots, it would be pretty much a, an instant, like, stay off. But I, I, it's hard for me because this Patriots team is horrible. Like, they, they're really fucking bad. And Mac Jones is, I mean, if you know me, you know I'm not. I haven't been on Mac Jones since he's been drafted. But it's just, yeah, this is this is a bad game. This is a stay-away game. It, it's pretty crazy, like, that NFL teams, like, talk themselves into Mac Jones. Like, I'm not saying I'm, like, this, this, you know, elite NFL scout and can, like, evaluate talent. Like that, but like, what what is there to like about Mac Jones? Nothing. I don't understand. Like, what, Nothing. What does he bring to the table? He kicks um, people in the said, dick. Seems like, he, yeah, I mean, he seems like a, like a petulant child out there too. Like he's his doesn't seem like he has great leadership skills. I don't know what he brings to the table. I, I saw a stat today that he he leads the NFL in uh, turnover worthy plays. Uh, he has fourteen passes that are deemed interceptable. It's only resulted in four interceptions, so he's actually gotten lucky. It's been a lot worse than a stat show this year. Um, and then, I mean, you go to the other side of the ball, and it's like the Saints, you know, there's nothing to like over there as well. I, I think they need to clean house on the offensive uh, offensive coaching uh, area there and just completely change up their scheme and get some, some fresh blood in there. But... Um, yeah, Austin, I don't know. Yeah, you said it. I mean, this game's going to be a, a, a tough watch. And um should mention Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon are both, uh, looks like, done for the year. Um, Judon might come back late in the year, but just huge blows to the, the Patriots' defense, which is the only thing they can add on at this point. So so you're trying to um, tell me to take Saints here? Oh, no, I'm trying to tell you to, to not watch this game. <laughs> Well, you got you got any play or lean here? Uh, if I had to take a side, it'd probably be the Saints. Just with like Trent said, the uh, Patriots defense taking those brutal hits the, over the past week, um, and that's like the one thing they do well. I have zero faith in their offense. Uh, the Saints. I mean, Kamara came back last week, didn't he? Even though he had like thirteen catches, he set a record, two yards or something. Yeah, <laughs> he set an NFL record last yeah. year. That's all he does: break records. Best running back in the league. <laughs> Yeah, I think they have the weapon advantage, so Saints are nothing probably. All right, moving to the four o'clock slate. Um, Rel, I want to get your 
opinion on this, whether you have any action in this game or not. Um, Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals going to Arizona. Bengals minus three right now. Um, over under set of 44 and a half. Um, obviously this, line, this line a week ago. This line a week ago was eight and a half in favor of the Bengals. Right. Um, as as a obviously a Giants guy, I need your honest opinion on the Bengals. I don't. I mean, I'm not talking whether they need to sit, bro. Any of that. Sh- I don't. I need your honest reaction through four weeks of the Bengals. Yes. 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 Obviously, um, being around a lot of Bengal fans, Bengal people, Bengals just everywhere. Um, I thought they would go two and zero, whether they had Burr or zero and two. Excuse me, zero and two, whether they had Burrow or not. Uh, I thought those two AFC North games were tough, um, so I thought you should have sat him. They didn't. Whatever. All right. They barely squeaked by the Rams, but it wasn't a good look. Then they, then uh, what, what was the game after that? Tennessee, they got embarrassed by Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, my God. 28-3 or whatever. 27-3. 27-3. And it's like, man, at this point, this is the game. This is the game that's do or die. You know, a lot of people were picking Chase for Offensive Player of the Year and Bengals Super Bowl. I think all that goes out the window if they lose this game this weekend. That's why it probably happens one time a year. I never bet on the Bengals, ever. Even if I like them, I kind of stay away from them. I like to go and they're going to fuck it up somehow. Minus three will probably be my heaviest play this week. Oh, they no. Lose. If they wow. lose, then Bengals fans will have to hear. I don't care what the Giants are doing. I really don't. Because I'm not betting on the Giants. I told you not to. But the <laughs> Bengals better win this weekend or people are going to hear me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> can, we, can we briefly talk about um, our buddy Tyler Bick and his two his two favorite teams? Giants and the Bengals not scoring an offensive touchdown in the first half this year in any of their games. The most depressing offenses in the NFL. And I, I, I just, every time I think about that, it, it brings a laugh out of me, knowing that Tyler <laughs> has to sit there and suffer those first half. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, if they lose to the Cardinals, I mean, this game – this line before the season look ahead was probably 11 and a half I think something like that Cardinals are spunky too man they could they could win this game pretty pretty easily like that off yeah. that offense can score man that's what I'm saying like this this is a completely different game than it than it looked like before the year um <clears throat> But, I mean, I think we can confidently say if the Bengals lose this game, that their season's over. Yeah. A tough stretch coming up. So, this is a must. I think Burrow said it in his press conference. Like, this is a must-win game. I don't know what you do if you're the Bengals. The smart thing would to do if you lose this game would be to shut down Burrow for, a, like, a top-five pick. But I don't think they'll do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be intriguing to watch for sure. Yeah, since week one. Um over three or four, even beating. I mean, you guys saw how they beat Dallas um, at home week three. But um, yeah, this is a this is a win or, or jump off ship for Cincinnati. I think we've been talking about it week in and week out. Is it time to panic? Is it time to freak out in the five one three? Um, I think everyone's already at that point, and this might just be the the, the end all be all kind of situation. But I don't have a play on it. 
if I had to take a side, I'd probably take Arizona with the points because I don't see Cincinnati running away or winning this game more than more. Um, sorry, I don't see Cincinnati winning more by by more than a field goal. I think I just had a stroke. Um, but I real actually for all you guys, Cincinnati and the Giants on a neutral field. What, what's happening? What, what, what's going down that game? Bengals win by a touchdown. Are we talking? Are we talking fully healthy? How are we talking the rosters? Right now, situation that both teams are in right now. The Saquon play. Right now, <laughs> drop them in London. Drop them both in London tonight. Oh. First they, team to 10 they, wins. First team to 10. London tonight, the Giants win because Daniel Jones is one and no. He beat Aaron Rodgers in London last year. Go Giants. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bengals win that game by a touchdown. But uh, let's move on, man. Four o'clock slate is pretty good, actually. These last three games pretty solid on paper. Um, Philly going to L.A., laying four and a half. Obviously, a huge emotional win. Walk-off last week for the Rams. Um, I'm kind of leaning Rams here, getting four and a half at home, um, especially with Cooper Cup expected back. But I have no play here. Um, you guys got anything? I don't. Um, I want to. I want to play the over. I think there's a lot of points, but 50 is really high, so I don't have a play. Yeah, no play for me. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting game to watch, especially if Cup returns. Uh, players are like going out to places like LA, so the Phillies should be up and rowdy. Um, so yeah, no play for me, but good game. Next game, Trent. Speaking of points, Kansas City going to Minnesota. This line's kind of weird, in my opinion. Actually, Kansas City laying three and a half. I thought it'd be more than that. What gauge? You see it at three and a half. FanDuel currently has it at three and a half. Oh wow! It opened up. Yesterday, I saw yesterday at minus five and a half. So gotcha. wow! Yeah, current lines, yeah. current lines three and a half over under fifty two and a half. Um, I actually really like the over here. Um, not an official play, but it's something I will I will look into. Yeah, I don't play on this one. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs. You know, I did have them number three in my power rankings, but in in non Bears games season they're averaging 20 points per game oh when they play a real nfl team their offense hasn't looked that strong Uh, i don't i I wonder if brian flores continues to blitz on like 60 percent of plays because if he does that against Mahomes, it's going to be it's going to be over that he's going to he's going to carve him up like it's nothing you can't do that Uh, but he did against herbert went what 40 or 47 against him so I think he just doesn't care and he's just gonna blitz and blitz and blitz so if he if he does install that game plan I would be on the Chiefs but um I mean the Chiefs are like only 9 and 11 the last 20 games against the spread so it's not like they're covering machines here reflected in the line um and when you we, we know the Vikings all they do is play close games so I think this line's okay based on what the Chiefs are looking at. So I won't play aside. Again, it'll be an entertaining game for sure. Yeah, final four. Gage, you got anything on there? I was going to say, first time in Mahomes' career that he is playing in Minnesota, so that'll be interesting to see. 
Amazing uniform matchup, though. I hope the Chiefs wear the Reds. They wear the Reds. Oh, my God. The Reds versus the all-purple. Now, Houston's all-reds are still the best I've ever seen, bro. I agree. Last week, though. The red helmets, bro, those are clean. The helmets were unbelievable. Yeah, the, those are nice. Let's, uh, you guys got anything? Jets, Broncos? Broncos minus two and a half at home. Please just move on, bro. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sunday night, uh, my my sixth and final official play, I am laying the three and a half with San Francisco at home hosting the Cowboys. Um, I just, this, I... I think this both. The, I think these are the two best teams in the NFC right now. Um, we'll reassess that in three or four weeks from now when Dallas loses two or three games. But um, I like the Niners here. I just it's hard to bet against Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey in that offense. Brock Purdy is obviously nine and zero as a starter right now. Um, if this was in Dallas, I'd probably stay off. But Sunday night in San Francisco, I give me give me the Niners minus three and a half. Looking at four now. Um, Fan Fanduel uh, has it. Fanduel has it at three and a half right now. Okay. Um, I, I I do think the Niners are in this game. I think the Cowboys defense. Um, I think that I think they're one of those teams that might look good against like really bad quarterbacks and offenses, but um, I do think there's a chance that they can't hold up against the elite of the elite. So I would lead San, lean San Francisco in this game. Um, they were number two in my power rankings. The Cowboys were a omission. Um, so I'm high on the Cowboys. I wasn't as high on the Cowboys before the year. Um, and that's more of a Mike McCarthy um, reared its ugly head this season. So Niners here, minus three and a half. Yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be a, a sit back and watch kind of game for me, just with being a big wow. Niners guy. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a tough spot for San Francisco only because if there's one weak spot for this team, it's their offensive line, and um, we know how good Dallas's front seven is. So that's like one part of the game that Dallas might be able to exploit um, with San Francisco. But I think I still think McCaffrey's gonna get his touchdowns. I really hope Debo steps up. I really hope they have a game plan for him this week. Um, it was kind of disappointing seeing him not catch a single ball last week, and I mean they still put up how many points? So it'll be interesting. I think this is a great spot. I think it's a, a revenge spot for Dallas um, with the 49ers knocking them out the playoffs two years in a row. But no play for me. I expect San Fran to, to do what they do and hopefully get a dub at the end of the game. So. I think it's Niners or nothing here. Uh, I'm not a huge Dak Prescott guy. And I think the Diggs injury is going to take a much larger toll than they uh, think. Uh, I think San Fran has the offense to be able to exploit some of those injuries, um, be able to offensive line, be able to block on Parsons and Lawrence, uh, be able to handle that D-line, control the trenches. And then Chris McCaffrey, um, y'all know the last time we seen a running back as an MVP candidate with putting up four special down games and things like that. I don't think there's anybody much better than him right now. So uh, I think it's 49ers or nothing here. Uh, yeah, stay out the Cowboys. Yeah. McCaffrey's the best player of football right now. We talked about it in our recap. I think he's the MVP. There's football, man. A lot of good football this weekend. It's Week. pretty crazy. All right, re- really quick. Like, if you watch McCaffrey played, 
it's kind of crazy how long they leave him in the games and it seems like they're up you know multiple scores Sort of God, he gets fucking rocked like every time he runs the ball, like his his helmet's smacking off the turf, and he just gets right back up like it's nothing. So I'm trying to protect him. He's built different. Just built different. He's only minus one eighty this week to score a touchdown. <laughs> to score two touchdowns. Plus, hold on, don't tell. Plus, okay, guess guess plus three because him to score three touchdowns. No, I think there was odds for him to score four touchdowns last week. I saw that it was plus like twenty eight hundred, which is absolute theft. Um, odds to score four touchdowns should be way north of like plus ten thousand, in my opinion. But guess what? Him to score three touchdowns is probably plus six hundred. No, more than that. Plus eight Plus thirteen hundred. That's I crazy. still, I still think it's like that's crazy. Too low. Like mm-hmm. it should be higher odds than that because three touchdowns in any game is. Way out of reach for any other normal running back in the league, but with him, it's minus 105 anytime. Does Tony Pollard to score three touchdowns? Is it on there? Yeah, let me let me get let me get those for you. It is. And the score plus two, two plus is plus six fifty. Three plus is plus thirty three hundred. <laughs> there you go. That's crazy, bro. Best player in football. Yeah, I mean he he's the MVP in my opinion, but um. Week 5 NFL, Week 6 college football, man. We are officially, after this weekend, we'll be halfway through college football season, which is insane, at least the regular season. But, yeah, it's super depressing. But, um, yeah, Rel, appreciate you coming on, man. I'm sure we'll have you on here in the near future. Um, Love talking ball with you. It's a lot, a lot of fun. But, yeah, we're going to have some more guests moving forward, Um, some guys taking picks with us, as Rel did today. But uh, other guys just talking ball with us, chopping shop, and uh, having a good time. So follow us on Twitter, take4take underscore the four spelled F-O-U-R. Let us know what you think. Tweets or Our plays will be tweeted out Saturday morning. And uh, Trent's Power Rankings will also throw those out there too. Let us know what you think about that. So without further ado, boys, we'll see you next week. Peace.